0: Hey guys, Jack Langley with Gershwin Mortgage and my good friend, Rhett Smiley with Keller Williams. Um, we are doing the Mortgage Morning Podcast and we're going to talk about a few things um, that's going on in our local market, Southwest Missouri. Um, and Rhett is very knowledgeable, been in the business a long time. Um, myself, I've been in the business a long time. Don't know if I'm knowledgeable or not, but I've got, got some data. And so I thought we would kind of kick some things off um, with kind of a market recap. What's going on in our current area with real estate? What are you seeing out there? I think you should say mortgage morning
1: podcast three times fast first. That's
0: impossible. I barely Ah. got it out the first time.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So we were just talking, you know, the market is, um, it's pretty normal right now. I mean, um. Things are a little bit slower. We had an election. I don't know if anybody heard about that about a mm-hmm. month ago. Um, historically, things are a little bit slower in an election year. Uh, and then, I don't know if anybody's heard, but there's a deal called Christmas coming, coming up, up here yep. in about 20 days. And well,
0: uh, My kids have heard about
1: Christmas. Kids have heard about Christmas. Yeah, yeah. they're
0: already looking for things, I Yeah, think.
1: so um, it, it's normal for things to be a little bit slower right yeah. now, but um, things are still good. Things are actually, they're great.
0: Yep. Is the time on the market, is it is it adjusting back to pre-crazy 2019,
1: 2020, 21. Know, it's definitely higher than it, it was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I can't remember what I was looking up. I looked up some stuff from like 2016. You know, an average days on the market then was 90 days. Yeah. You know, 93 days on the market is what we were looking at. Yeah. You know, and so now we've gone from, I think last year the average days on market was like 27 days or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's up to like 32 days now or something, you know. Yeah. Close and to that's
0: that. everything as a whole. I mean, we saw properties with multiple bids, oh, one sure. hour in, go, flying off the shelf. Sure. Craziness.
1: Absolutely. But the that's average. Everything. Yes. Everything yeah. on the market.
0: Yeah. So. And that's still happening today. I mean, if there's a really hot property that comes on the market that's priced well, there are people out there wanting to buy. Yeah. Um, and they're getting multiple offers and going quicker.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, we looked this week. Um, I think we had 1,375-ish uh, active listings on okay. the market. Okay. Last year, was 777. So, So it's up. Yeah. But look back four years ago, and there was like 1,800. Okay. So yeah. it's still less than it has been. There's yeah. still less inventory out there.
0: Well, I think... It's like kind of anything else, you know, you, you look at what the last couple of years has done and it's definitely, that's never happened before, at least in the 25 years that I've been in the business, we've never seen that happen. Um, You know, and people say all the time to me, you know, oh man, the rates are much, much higher. Yeah, they're, they are higher, but honestly um, they're not that bad. I mean, and I know people get tired of hearing that, but it is. You know it's like gas prices, it's like you know, food prices, it's like anything, um, they're going to go up and down. And uh, you know, I know they waited a little too long to raise interest rates, which kind of prolonged this inflationary period that we're going through, but they're still really good. And you know, the, the thing going around is, well, if you rent 100% of that's interest, yeah, but you still have to have a place to live. Yeah. Um, so, buying a home is is still a really good financial decision. Yeah. Um
1: I was looking through some old stuff um a couple months ago. We were putting the kids back in school and was going through some stuff, looking at some files, and I saw some uh paid off notes that I had for mortgages that I had Mm -hmm. back in like two thousand and five. Yeah. And it was seven, eight percent. Yep. Yep. You know? We didn't think anything about it then. That was a good rate. Great rate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's like when gas jumps up to five dollars a gallon, it goes back down to two two fifty, everybody's like, Oh my god, it's so good. But that's just kind of the knee-jerk reaction. And it is, I mean, it does limit your buying power. And I think that with interest rates, you want to make sure that you keep your debt to income in range. But you know, one of the things that people ask me all the time about rates is is it worth paying money to buy it down an interest rate? And so and that's a really good question. Um that's something that you, you really have to evaluate. You have to have someone that can run those numbers and not just look at what does that monthly payment do, but what does that do in a certain period of time? Because when rates drop, and they will, mm-hmm. when they drop, people are going to refinance. Yeah. So if you're spending money now, where's, where is the return on that investment? Yeah. And I don't think people really kind of understand how much of a difference an eighth of a percent quarter of a percent, three-eighths of a percent on an interest rate does to where your loan balance will be in 24 months, let's say. So uh, I give you a quick example. If you had a $250,000 purchase putting $25,000 down or 10%, um, so a mortgage of $225,000, you're going to have a payment, and I wrote some numbers down here, of principal and interest of about $1,367. Well, if you go, if you go, oh, no, excuse me, it's actually higher than that at six and a quarter, today's rate, six and a quarter. Um, <clears throat> if you go to 6.125, your payment drops um, by about $18. Um, it's going to go to thirteen sixty seven. But after two years, if you pay what it costs to buy that rate down, and today that's about $562, you're only going to have saved $125.00. Where your balance will be two years from now, as if you wouldn't put any money into the transaction.
1: And how much difference is like $562? What does that do to your? I mean, what? Uh, it's maybe 17 a quarter? More. Is that a, a. No,
0: that's an eighth of a
1: percent. Eighth of
0: a percent, yeah. which is
1: almost nothing.
0: It's not that much. If you go to a quarter, six and a quarter to 6%, that costs you $1,406. So that's $1,406 out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. Over the two year period, your loan balance will only have dropped two hundred and fifty three dollars so you're spending that money so that's what you have to look at is you have to have somebody run the amortization they have to be able to to look at that and ask questions about how long do you one how long do you plan on living in the house two what kind of environment are we in right now with interest rates and are they going to you know potentially drop down in the next couple years yeah um the change in administrations the change in you know just what's going on in our economy has a lot to do with what rates have to do for instance after 2008 you know rates were decent back then but you notice after 2008 because the economy slowed they started dropping them to try to get the economy moving again for people you know to get home builders building again um to get uh houses moving they dropped rates
1: yeah i mean at that time there was this glut of inventory that hit the market and so they had to somehow disperse this inventory yep Get it uh, out there. And there was all kinds of programs. If you were a first-time buyer, there was tax credits and, you know, yeah. all that stuff. But yep. that's ancient history.
0: Yeah. 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 So that's, you know, the thing that, that I want to make sure that people are aware of is that it's really important to get with someone that you trust, um, both if you're buying a home or selling a home, and if you're thinking about doing a mortgage to where you can get accurate information. Yeah. People seem to think they look at that individual payment, but they don't take into consideration that um, two years from now, they're probably going to refinance it. And where people make a huge mistake is they go from a 30-year fixed back to a 30-year fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're starting that 24 months of interest that you've already paid all over again. So if you're able to drop your term, go to a 25 from a 30, Mm -hmm. it's going to save you thousands of dollars, literally thousands of dollars. And more than likely, because the rates have dropped, your payment is going to drop down also it will pro- not as much as if you go back to a 30 but the amount of money you save and where your equity position is when you sell can create wealth for your fam not you know you're not going to be a millionaire off of it but it's going to save yeah. you th- thousands of dollars in interest Absolutely. so what do you what are some of the most common questions you're getting asked out there regarding rates and purchase prices and where you know, equity or loan values, not loan values, but home values are going to be,
1: Yeah. you know. Well, I mean, everybody's concerned. Uh, most people in the market today have heard about what happened in 2008 and 2009. They didn't experience it. Yeah. But it's not going there. Yeah. You know, I, we really haven't seen prices drop at all mm-hmm. in spite of the rates. You know, it is more expensive, but the house price is not going down.
0: Yeah. So, And, and I think that's, Back to your point about how much inventory there was back then. Yeah, we had so many houses that builders had built, um, and we didn't have as many buyers. Right now, we have a lot of qualified buyers, but there's not enough properties for them to buy. Yeah, and then people get scared. They listen to the news. They listen. You know, they don't actually sit down and run numbers. They go off of what they hear from other people.
1: Yeah,
0: and everybody's in a different position. You know, your what you do for a living is not the same as what i do for a living and my threshold for risk is different than your threshold so it's it really comes down to what you're comfortable with as an
1: individual sure. i you know and i think it's a mistake and I, I i'm not an expert in mortgages you know i'm an expert in houses mm-hmm. but i see people fixate on the interest rate yeah uh, oh, i'm sorry the monthly payment yep right and you know the It's great. People have a budget. They need to stay within their budget. That's important. That's great. But really, they should be looking at how much interest they're paying. I mean, that's actual money out of their pocket. Yep. Yep. And so, do you have those kind of conversations with people when they come in? All the time. Okay. I mean,
0: there's certain things that I ask people. You know, I want to know how long you plan on living in this house. Um, Things change in people's lives. I mean, people get married. They have kids. they, They grow out of a home. They take different jobs. And I'll give you an example. I had an individual a few years back that um, he wanted to buy out his mortgage insurance. So there's a, a, with a conventional loan, you can pay a one-time fee if you don't put your 20% down and you can buy out the mortgage insurance. It is a savings to you. It used to be about half of what you'd spend over that period that you had to pay mortgage insurance. So it was a substantial savings. Um, And so when I talked to him about it, I said, here's the kicker though, if you move In this period of time you've just thrown that money away Mm -hmm. so you're going to spend this 3500 dollars to buy out your mortgage insurance but if you move within 24 months you just basically threw that money it's a basically a four-year payout you have to stay in this home for four years if you don't then you're better to pay monthly mortgage insurance and so he elected to buy it out um, which was great at the time it it really would save him a lot of money called me about 14 months later and said hey we decided we're going to buy this new construction home and i said you do realize that money you spent is down the drain. And he said, no, I get it, but this is a great deal. Granted, his home had gone up in value. He had made that money back. It wasn't the end of the world. But it's something you have to think about and consider when you you know, buy the rate down, buy out mortgage insurance, um, you know, the different things you do. And there's a lot of lenders out there that don't understand um, about buying out the mortgage insurance. They don't understand the little tricks to manipulate the interest rate in a way that you can get a little better interest rate if you don't put 20% down. Hmm. So you can put 19.75% down and pay a small amount to buy out the mortgage insurance, and you may get a better rate than if you put 20% down. Oh. Wow. So there's a lot of things that it's important that you get with someone that understands. It's just like recasting. You know, people don't talk about recast. You've heard about recasting. Oh, sure. Yeah, and it's not something a mortgage person will talk about because they don't make money by doing it. Right. They're going to say, no, you need to refinance the loan. And I guess I better jump into recasting very quickly. Um, Recasting is where if you own another home that you have a significant amount of equity in, but you don't want to sell that home first, you want to buy another home, you can put 5% down on the new home or 3% down on the new home, get moved in, sell your other home, take the equity from that home, and then instead of refinancing to lower your balance, you can work with your servicer, and you can only do it on a conventional loan, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. You can work with your servicer to lower your loan balance, and they recast the payment based on the balance and the interest rate you closed at. Yeah. And it's typically a three to $500 fee to do that as opposed to 3 to 5,000 to refinance and you're starting all over. Right. You know, you're going back to a 30 when you might have paid 6 months
1: already on this new home. So, yeah. And so how often are people, you know, in my line of work, we say that people are going to retain about 25% of what we tell them. Yeah. You know, you're you're just given all these nuggets here. Yeah. And they only keep about 25% of them. Yeah. You know, when you're having a conversation with somebody about instead of putting 20% down, put 19.7% down and you can save so much on your rate. I mean, are they, are they responsive to that? Yes and no.
0: Honestly, I can confuse people so easy by just kind of talking about that on the phone and people kind of look at me, or not look at me, but I can tell by their silence or by what's going on that they have no idea what the heck I'm talking about. Right. I. I in a situation like that, where we're really trying to get a specific thing taken care of, I really like to sit down with people if they can to show them on the screen and explain it. Um, but I try very hard to go deep into the weeds to to make sure that they're understanding um, what we're talking about because there's a lot to this. Yeah, um, it's not you know you're not just going online, doing an application, signing a couple documents, and you're done. And that unfortunately is what our industry is coming to for mm-hmm. a lot of people because they want that convenience. Yeah. Luckily, my company has kind of said, "Hey, we're going to offer that very good technology, but we also have people that have a lot of experience that can help navigate that and give people the absolute best um, you know, possible loan experience
1: and financial experience to help them." Yeah. Which circles back to one of the benefits we talk about a lot, which is working with a local lender. Yeah. Cuz uh, I'm not going to say any names, but the <laughs> internet company that you get your loan pre-approval from, they're not having that conversation with the buyer. Yeah. And they're not able to sit down across from them and really make sure that they're understanding.
0: Yeah. And it's so much more to that, you know, like here in our local market, um, you know, we employ here locally probably 35 total people. Um, We're all paying taxes. We're all a part of our school systems. We're all adding to our economy. Um, and you know that may not be a big deal for anybody, but they have this belief that I'm going through this big online company, and I'm going to get a better rate and better fees, and a and a faster, easier experience. And the reality is, is that you know even from your side, how often do you receive a preapproval from an out-of-state online company, and your and your sellers come to you and say, I don't know if we want to accept that because we've heard things about them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a conversation I have with sellers when we get a internet loan company uh, pre-approval letter. We and then we have a local lender here. You know, even if it's a little bit higher, it's yeah. it's not worth taking a little bit extra money to gamble and probably not close. Yeah,
0: and, and it's sad because you never really know if it's a little higher or not because a lot of times they will hide things. Like they'll show a lower rate. But when you get your loan disclosures, when the actual borrower gets their loan disclosures, they are charging a discount to get that rate, and yeah. so their closing costs may be four thousand dollars more because they're charging an extra four thousand to get that rate.
1: I see it every day. Yeah, people come in and I say, "What are your closing costs going to be?" And they say, "Oh, the guy said it was thirty-five hundred dollars," and then they bring me their closing disclosure, and it's seven thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, I'm like, uh, so "What's going on here?" Yeah, yeah. so yeah. so. Does that lead
0: to um, like a fall through? Um, you know, a lot of times it's crazy. We we are very good at getting loans closed on time, even if we didn't start the loan. We kind of have a reputation of because our underwriters are right here in our office, because we are a mortgage bank, meaning we're underwriting, we're lending the money, we're doing all that because my processors are in this building. You know, we had a deal, I'll just give a quick example. We had a deal that started. Um, and it was in Arkansas, we do a lot of stuff in Northwest Arkansas, and um, they were with a different lender. They came to us, um, we received the information on a Thursday night. Friday night we were able to get disclosures done, we turned it into one of our processors. Um, she worked through that file like crazy. We contacted an appraiser, got the appraisal order, told him it was a rush we had literally a clear-to-close the following Thursday. So in four business days, roughly four business days, five business days, we had a total clear-to-close. Now, does that happen all the time? Heck no, that doesn't happen. And we can't close in four days because of what the government says. You have so many days, you know, eight, nine days, depending on how you disclose and what you do. But we're really good at that. And so when when an agent that takes care of their customers notice that stuff, they ask questions. Mm-hmm. Some agents are afraid because they're newer. Um, they're afraid that they, they don't want to ruffle the feathers. They don't want to get involved in it. They don't realize that that really most agents are the hub that runs the entire wheel. You know, they're the ones that are controlling and making sure that their buyer isn't taken advantage of. Because every day, if you know, there's ho- people buying homes, but they have no experience. I mean, even people that bought two or three homes have really no experience. That's right. Um, and with a qualified, um, great agent, you're going to get someone that is looking out for your best interest, somebody that's going to make sure that the lender they're working with is not taking advantage of them, um, making sure that they're with a good title company, making sure the home inspection um, is done and that things weren't missed or overlooked. Um, and somebody that knows you know, about homeowner's insurance, about title insurance, about easements, encroachments. And unfortunately, with the number of people that got in our market the last few years, um, there are agents out there that don't have the experience. It's not that they're bad. They just lack the experience. Yeah.
1: And, you know, and I, I don't have any hard data. You, you know, asked about the percentage of time. Um, I will tell you that almost every time that I work with somebody that's got an online company pre-approval letter, they don't close on time. Yeah. They close sometimes. But it gets delayed. Yeah, it's delayed. Yeah. And, and what, here's, here's, what happens I see with this that? all the time. Here's, yeah. the, here's the thing. Okay, so people get on Zillow, right? Mm-hmm. And they start looking for houses. And Zillow's cool, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's a great interface. It's a great way to start the process. Yeah. Okay? But they find their dream house, they think, on Zillow, right? They get online and get pre-approved with... Zillow Mortgage. Satellite example, Mortgage. Or whoever. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, so then they call me to go see the house and they say, Hey, we want to sell our house too. So here's a person that's already bought a house. They own a house. Mm-hmm. They found another house. They want to sell their house and go buy another house. I know this person. They just got, they just got a new job in a completely different line of work. <laughs> right. <laughs> Deal's not going to go. It's not going to go. And yeah. so we're like, Oh, I'd love to sell your house. I'd love to sell you a new house, but let's talk to Jack first and let's make sure that you're really pre-approved. Yeah. So Jack pulls their credit and does all their stuff, whatever you do, and you're like, hey, this guy's only been on the job for, and I'm like, yeah, I know, let's, you know. Yeah. And it, it's a no-go, it's a, it's a, let's wait for eight, nine months, or however long you've been in, uh, you know, on the job for a year. Just depends on what they, they're doing and how they're getting paid. And yeah, and, and we'll circle back
0: and then yep. we'll find your dream house.
1: Yeah. But that would've been a debacle if we would've gone through the whole process. They would have potentially sold their house not been able to buy another house yeah and then everybody's really sad and it's like the trickle down because it's not just one house it's oh, yeah. the person selling their house they're buying another house and it's just like yeah. this huge snowball
0: well and yeah. that's that's what i was going to talk about is that people don't people are very consumed with their transaction but they're unaware of the the downline or the upline oh yeah that theirs has and what it does and the amount of expense and costs because, you know, moving companies want money up front, um, you know, and if you change that date on them, they can't change everybody else's date on the people that they have. Um, you know, storage buildings are expensive, having to move into a, a place and then find a place and then move out of that place. The amount of money that is spent because they went with someone that said, I'm going to give you a quarter percent or an eighth a percent lower rate. In reality, you're paying for that rate. They don't close on time, and then you it's hard to actually calculate what was my overall cost to do this transaction with this company. It wasn't as beneficial. And that's not to say that local lenders don't run into problems, that problems don't happen, because they do. They, yeah, they, they do. do. There's a lot of stuff we can't control, and there's a
1: lot of stuff that just happens. Yeah. theres I mean, there's not uh, – unless it's a cash deal with no – inspect, nothing, you know, and there's no contingencies – there's always problems with every single deal. Yeah. But it's how good is your agent at solving the problem? How good is your lender at solving the problem? Yeah. You know? And that's the magic right there. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's the difference. You know, um, I can tell you a gentleman that's moving here from from uh, Las Vegas, and he was dead set on using the big national company um, mm-hmm. that you watch a million ads on television with. and. His agent convinced him to at least talk to me as a second opinion, mm-hmm. and so um, we got to talking. And he was asking certain questions, and I started asking my normal questions about: okay, are you going to be here for closing? Um, when are you selling your house there? Are you using those funds to buy? You know, how are you going to? Are you going to have a moving company moving all your stuff? When will you be here? Um, and after I went through all that and then gave him a plan, he was like, "They never asked me any of that." They never asked me one question. And they were going to have me load up you know, my car and race out here for a closing at a title company. I didn't realize I could close at the same title company out there in a witness only. They have my money already. They can wire it to the local title company. The seller will get their money in the docks. And he's like, that would have cost me thousands of dollars to have to put all that together. And now I don't have to do that. Yeah. And so it's really just making sure that you have a great agent that is going to help you navigate that that you work with an experienced local lender that knows you know what questions to ask um, and truly puts the customers um puts them first yeah. you know what what are you doing here how are you going to do it and what is your you know end goal and that's what we i think both try to figure out for our customers yeah. So. Well, I appreciate you joining us, and um, we're going to try to do this on a regular basis, so please tune in to the next Mortgage Morning Podcast. Mortgage Morning Podcast. Got it. All right. Thanks, guys. See you.